I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the band is a projection of the band director, okay? If the band director doesn't think a girl can improvise or play lead, they're not going to give they're not going to give them the opportunity to try. So yeah. that's it. You don't know if, if you can't try and if you're not encouraged to do that. So that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm not on a limb there, but <laughs> oh, that, that's a good limb to go out on. This episode contains adult language and adult humor. Since when have trumpet players ever been considered adults? If you are easily offended by these types of conversations, consider switching to the oboe. Welcome to the Trumpet Gurus Hang podcast. I'm your host, Jose Johnson. My guest for this episode is Bria Skonberg. Bria is a trailblazer, a gifted trumpet player, vocalist, songwriter, and band leader. Bria traverses a wide spectrum of musical influences. She's been called the shining hope of hot jazz, but she can also go straight heavy metal bebop with her use of electronics. She's an award-winning player and vocalist and a champion of music for all people. So, pour yourself a big glass, pull up a chair, and let the hang begin. Welcome to this episode of the Trumpet Gurus Hang, and I am joined by the one and only Bria Skonberg. Bria, so good to see you again. Thank you so much. It's good to see you and good to see people. <laughs> people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, the, uh, the first and last time I saw you was uh, at uh, the ITG conference when it was held at King of Prussia. And I was just really impressed. Um, you know, first of all, I was impressed with your masterclass. You did a masterclass on, um, on improvisation, but based on like the, the hot jazz style, you know, the, the New Orleans kind of uh, the pop stuff which was really, really cool. And, I, and you, you had some really great ways of explaining that. And then uh, that evening in the, uh, the concert, in the evening, I'm thinking you're gonna be doing a lot of, you know, that same kind of jazz. And then all of a sudden you, you're just, you're going mainstream and then you pulled out the electronics and you went all Randy Brecker on us. I'm like, whoa, where, where is this coming from? So uh, I was just really impressed by uh, the, the palette, that wide palette and also you're a vocalist. Uh, that you have to create your music. So um, where does this all come from? Where does this all come from? So in my mind, I'm Randy Brecker. <laughs> uh, well, you know, to tie into that, um, you know, th this jazz music, you know, was uh, came from the Southern US. It came from that New Orleans, that deep style. And so I, for me, that's the foundation of everything that I do. Everything that I, every direction that I want to go, all started, you know, from having a deeper understanding of the music and where it came from and how it feels. You know, um, traditional jazz, classic jazz, New Orleans jazz, hot jazz, whatever you want to call it, has a real, um, you know, equal parts of rhythm, melody is king or queen, <laughs> and uh, and harmony. You know, all that basis. So I feel like I, I was very lucky to be exposed to that music early on. Uh, I'm from British Columbia, Canada. I'm in New York City today, and I've been here for 11 years, or maybe 11,000, it feels like at this yeah. point of the pandemic. <laughs> um, but I, I went to public school and my band program, uh, they supported and were part of a local festival that featured 
traditional jazz music. So even out of the out of the gate, when I was learning how to improvise, I was listening to people like Louis Armstrong, Jelly Roll Morton, and learning to play uh, that repertoire. So that's not where I stayed. <laughs> you know, I I I continue to explore all sorts of kinds of music and life and original music. But I'm, I feel very, very fortunate that that is how I got my start, which is why it's been important to me to also try to uh, make that part of the workshops that I do or when I do outreach, you know, get to give other people that same experience. Yeah, well, that, that's really cool. And I think that that's, uh, you know, so many people kind of put themselves in a little box, you know, it's like, well, I only do this, you know, old traditional stuff, or I only do modern, or I only do electronic, or I only do smooth jazz. Um, but seeing it as part of this greater whole and just uh, doing what you can to show the different facets of it. Um, do you find that uh, you have one thing that you tend to gravitate towards more than anything else? I like, you know, I think I love that music too because it's really built from the bottom up. It's like the drums, it's about, you know, the, the bass drum and <laughs> the kick and it's meant to like get you moving, you know, it's feet, it's in the dirt. Um, in the soil also of jazz, of music that uh, came after it. And so I think I like stuff that's got a real groove to it. Um, and, you know, obviously the drums and bass um, combination has to be really, really strong, you know, more than, and then stuff like, you know, cymbals and all the colors and flair kind of goes on top of it. So that's generally how I approach music or the stuff that I'm gravitate towards. Now, whether it's jazz music or whether it's uh, Balkan brass band <laughs> music, <laughs> That stuff kind of, you know, I get I get a real kick out of that. I get it energizes me. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, you know, I certainly wanted to ask this question, and I kind of hate asking it because uh, I, I just hate the fact that, that it needs to be brought up time and time again. But um, as a woman in the world of, of jazz, um, you know, how do you navigate the you know, it, it's certainly whether you want to accept it or not, people want to accept it or not. Uh, it is a predominantly male dominated industry, much like most of our society. And, um, you know, it's it's a shame that, that we have to, to ask that question of why there aren't more prominent female jazz musicians and especially trumpet players. Um, so how I guess it's a multi part question. I mean, one, do you feel that there is uh, this, this stigma that's attached to being a female trumpet player? And if so, how do you go about dealing with that? Well, I'll say that all the, you know, many of the female trumpet players have different experiences with this. Here's my experience was that when I started playing trumpet, there were seven other girl trumpet players in my class. Like, so I wasn't unique. My okay. band teachers didn't make it a thing. My parents didn't make it a thing. You know, I was blissfully not so self-aware of, of my gender being part of my journey on the instrument. And I wish that for everybody, whatever gender you identify with, you know, even as male, it shouldn't have to, it, whatever, we won't even talk about what it should or shouldn't be, but let's talk about what is. Uh, so what worked for me was not standing out not getting extra attention and then even as i went into university the lead player was a woman uh in the big band until i took her spot and you know it was i also come from the land of ingrid jensen so there you go. that you know that it's it's not a coincidence though probably that the band teachers 
you know, created something and then it gets passed down in different ways. You know, the visibility, uh, the representation, you know, helps for people, not just, again, the, the girls who want to play, but the people in the industry that, you know, just see it as like, as not a, um, um, a detriment. Uh, yeah. So that being said, why are there not more female players? I mean, we can go back a little bit in time and talk about groups like the International Sweethearts of Rhythm. They were the first integrated all-female band, uh, big band, and they were wildly popular and successful in the early 1940s. But basically, when the war ended, that's when that's when the women were allowed to play was because the guys were off at war. And then as, as soon as that stopped, you know, everybody was expected to stay home and make babies, and thus we don't have very many women through you know, fusion, bebop, all of that. And now I guess, you know, as we make more choices, uh, more women are choosing to make it a career and a profession. So that being said, I'm, again, I'm no expert on everybody's, uh, everybody's different experience, but what worked for me was not being the only one, <laughs> also having uh, band instructors that challenged me. You know, I, I chose, I was, selected to play this part in the traditional jazz ensemble. So I was playing Louis Armstrong transcriptions because I was given the opportunity by my band director. If, whether or not I was the best one at the time doesn't matter. I was given an opportunity to try and to be challenged and to get into it. And and those, I think those, especially at that point made all the difference because you'll see that there are girls at a certain age that get into it. And then as we get a little higher in academia, it peters off, you know, especially into college and beyond. So. I'm with you. I'm trying to figure out uh, many of, I'm trying to figure out why, what I can do to be proactive about it at this point in my life. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and one of the things that I uh, just just did recently, which maybe we'll talk a little bit more about too, is, is I'm hosting a virtual all-female uh, and non-binary trumpet summit on May 23rd, just instigated by exactly this kind of feeling. Something happened where somebody called out women players as not being great and i said okay enough of this let's just let's 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 get let's congregate let's discuss some of these things on our own terms you know and and kind of decide what to go what to do from there because for many of us same with you it shouldn't be a thing it's not a thing it's a thing but it's not a thing but okay it's a thing when i practice it's not a thing Right, right, right. <laughs> when i practice you know what after years of being a female trumpet player the hardest part about being a female trumpet player is playing the freaking trumpet. <laughs> Still. There you go. There you well, go. Absolutely. That's all people need to hear. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it, it's, it's actually really interesting what you're saying because, um, yeah, I'm a firm believer. One of my favorite quotes is, uh, how you do anything is how you do everything. And so, uh, you know, there, there's, there are consistent themes that exist throughout our, our existence. Um, and I think that it's really interesting that you were, you know, as you're talking about your, your upbringing, that you were in a situation where it wasn't considered strange. It wasn't considered to be uh, something out of the ordinary for you to be a, a female trumpet player. Uh, and so it wasn't a thing for you. But I think sometimes that we have like, uh, you know, like playing league, for example, or playing, you know, improvising. When people make it a thing, then it becomes a thing. You know, it, you know, if you if no one ever told you that it was difficult to improvise or it's difficult to play in the upper register of the trumpet, the odds are, you know, a lot more people would be able to do it at a high level. But because we create these stigmas about things, 
and I'm, saying, oh, this is difficult, or you can't do this. And then that creates this little mindset. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the band is a projection of the band director, okay? If the band director doesn't think a girl can improvise or play lead, they're not going <laughs> to give they're not going to give them the opportunity to try. So yeah. that's it. You don't know if, if you can't try and if you're not encouraged to do that. So that's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm not on a limb there, but <laughs> oh, that, that's a good limb to go out on because uh, yeah, I, I think it, it's it's the duty of well, it's the duty of, of educators, but I think it's, it's all of our duties, uh, whether you're uh, an educator, you're a parent, you're, uh, you know, a celebrity, whatever you want to say. I mean, even just as a regular individual, as a regular citizen, um, our job, like Gandhi says, you know, is to, to become the change we wish to see in the world. So if we want to see things get better, we've got to start with ourselves. And that has to start with our attitude uh, uh, towards not only what we're capable of, but what others are capable of. And we, have, we should be inspiring people to take risks and to take chances and to grow and, you know, not create these limitations on them. And you know, I see this so much, uh, you know, I see this in terms of gender, I see this in terms of race, uh, you know, all these different things that go on and where we, we create these false restrictions of what people are capable of doing. And, you know, we as a species are capable of so much, but we just allow ourselves to be boxed in in these, these little narrowly defined uh, cubies that I think that it's a shame, you know, so much talent goes to waste. I'm going to go out on another limb. I mean, those are incredible points and I agree with you wholeheartedly that, yeah, we're, we're missing out on the potential of not just, you know, giving people the opportunities, but the voices that could emerge in a place where it's not necessarily, maybe it's not even about improvising and, uh, and lead playing. It's a different sort of music that can emerge when you highlight different types of voices and artists. Um, also, I think for, my school, it was less about competition and more about community. You know, I think a lot of band programs are under, uh, they're under pressure to bring home a trophy. Therefore, it is more desirable to feature your lead soloist so that you bring home a trophy and then maybe you'll get the funding that you need, or maybe you'll just be able to tell everybody else that you got a that your band got a trophy. Right, right. You know? Bragging rights. Exactly. So, uh, I am. I firmly believe you know everybody in the band should take a solo. Everybody's got to try all the time. If I get to lead a combo somewhere, I don't. You know, everybody's in. Everybody's taking a solo. If you're not comfortable soloing by yourself, okay, solo together. You two, just keep it moving. You know, those are the workshops I do. It's like we're gonna play. We're gonna play. Yeah. We're gonna get the horn of it. Like whatever, just try it, and and it's fine. You know, it's not even a fear of failure. It's just a chance to, just a chance to try at this point. Yeah. Well, that that's one of the things that that really stuck out to me when I was in in that master class that you did is you made not only the the process you know, understanding the process so easy, um, but your demeanor, the way you presented the information, it tore down a lot of barriers and I could see, you know, people in the audience and they're just, you know, they, there was no, none of this kind of trepidation about uh, being willing to, to play or to try things. It was, you know, Hey, okay, this, this is a, it feels like it was a safe space. Sure. Um, and, and it's, that's a, that's a real gift. 
uh, especially when someone has a level of reputation like you do uh, in the industry, it can become very intimidating for people to, you know, want to want to show their ideas. Uh, but it, what came through in that moment and what's coming through at this moment is that you just have this genuine love for music and its expression, and you want to encourage as many people to express their inner voice as much as possible in, in kind of this non-judgmental uh, experience. Thank you. Yeah, it's, you know, I love music. I like music, but I like people. And I and let's throw some credit again to the New Orleans style of music. You know, it's about people coming together and, and um, having a community, first and foremost, you know, the external factors, but the music itself, the art to traditional jazz is the ensemble, where the trumpet plays, where the trombone and the clarinet all weave within their spot. Everybody's got their own place to play and you have to listen, you have to work together, you have a common goal. You know, those things sound cheesy, but they're just basic things that go across every aspect of life. Um, and I'll say too, you know, I, I'm out here spouting these, all of this, um, uh, that feeling, because I was probably very scared to try many times. I was encouraged. It's only because I was encouraged that I tried. Right. I have felt nervous many, many times, you know, but I had that experience enough times of getting through to the other side of it and feeling good about it and seeing the progress to go, okay, I'll just keep trying. That's why, that's why I try now because I was pushed, not because it was naturally in me to just go for it, you know? So <laughs> once you've had that experience, when you get to, you know, when you find yourself in a position to, to teach or work with others, you know, you can recreate your own, you can uh, kind of, uh, again, project the, the things that your own discomforts, or you can try to create a place that's also addresses them and makes it better for the next generation, I guess. Yeah. Not even next generation. You, you, it doesn't matter what age you are. You got to keep trying. Right, right. Well, you know, as we were talking about this concept of, of, uh, of change and, um, you know, the, the necessity of, of opening doors and allowing people to have opportunities to, to express and to experience. Um, and, you know, you're, you're mentioning that you have this uh, summit coming up, which I definitely want to talk about in a lot of detail here in a, in a couple of minutes. But when, when you're trying to create change, there's always, uh, especially when it comes to uh, trying to, for lack of a better word, uh, even the scales a little bit. Uh, there's there's the two groups. There's there are the people that that are going to benefit from the change, and that um, you know whether it be like uh, women in in music, or whether it be some of the the uh, racial injustices, and also the gender injustices that that go on in society today. Um, you know, they're going to be people that benefit from the change because they've been kind of held back or pressed, however you want to say that. And then there's going to be the people who uh, need to change their opinions on things in order for that change to occur. So when it comes to uh, particularly, you know, talking about women in, in music and jazz, and, and if we talk about trumpet players in, in particular, because we know that we are the uh, top of the food chain, yo, um, that, um, you know, what, what do you hope to do to inspire the people who, and empower the people who are, uh, feeling a little bit repressed or downtrodden? And then what message would you want to give to the people that are, uh, maybe the standing in the way of that progress and change? You know, what, what are the things that you think need to happen, 
in terms of the mindset of the previous generations and their their perceptions of of women in in the the world of music yeah that's those are big questions <laughs> you know and i'm still learning very much all along the way especially as i into it you know we talk you talk about women and you talk about race well there's intersectionality obviously of those two things um you know for those of you just listening to the podcast i am a white woman you know i'm already afforded more opportunities than the other uh, women and of color that are not allowed to even again be given opportunities to try so uh i just see it as such a missed opportunity again for us to widen this musical palette in such a beautiful way like what hasn't been done before other than telling the stories of new unique individuals most of the sounds that we're going to hear for the next hundred years well, i shouldn't say that <laughs> like you know there are so many sounds to play with there are the notes in the scale there are notes in other scales and what can you bring to the table that is truly unique other than your story so by stifling those um voices we not only uh, you know, suppress the lives of some beautiful individuals, but also don't have the opportunity to share it. So the people that are standing in the way of that happening, I would say it's not a sacrifice. You know, what you have to gain, why not at least give it a shot? You know, we're here. <laughs> what, what do you have to lose and what could you possibly have to gain? And if you can look at a few different people that, you know, who do you need an example? I don't know, like Terry Lynn Carrington, you know, yeah. <laughs> she's, can you imagine the world? I don't want to imagine the world without her voice in it. Right. Don't, you know, so, but she had to be like perfect to get through, you know, the circumstances had to be that way. Like, so it shouldn't necessarily, I don't, that it shouldn't be that hard Yeah. for, for all yeah. different, you know, people and stories and voices to emerge to the top, not even the top, you know, it's not up, it's out. Right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. In, information i'm really this is something with the um the trumpet summit i'm thinking the trumpet summit is all ages you know all uh, all ages and it's important to me that the information is not there's, there's no hierarchy it's not top down mm -hmm. it's side it's you know side to side a 65 year old okay. has just as much to learn from a 13 year old and so i'm planning you know i want to do breakout rooms where people talk about these things you know what is the experience like now how can i help you what can i learn from you so let's you know, I let's think of information that way, eliminate some of the hierarchy for benefit. Now I'd be lying if I said I wasn't competitive. I played sports. I still like, you know, I, I'm yeah. a trumpet player. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah there's healthy yeah. competition. And I yeah. subscribe to that message behind you that, you know, you have to be, yeah. the only person I need to be better than right now is, is me. But sure, yeah. I like to have friends around me that push me too. <laughs> yeah. so competition is healthy, but let's, Let's if you're if you love competition, then open the gates to more people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, you don't you don't want to. I, I love the idea you say about about broadening it out and, and letting those voices be heard. So with your uh, with your upcoming summit, um, I, what was kind of the impetus behind that? And, and if uh, and, and what do you hope to gain out of it in, in the grander scheme of things? 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, I mean, I will say that there's a phenomenal crew of young women coming up right now. Like there are, you know, that being said, what am I, maybe five I can think of that are going to be professional jazz players. <laughs> I can see it, you know, and like that seems like a lot right now. But, you know, again, I've been looking over my shoulder for 15 years and going, where are they? Um, right. <laughs> so, so there are more, but is a wonderful crew. And, you know, now thanks to social media, um, you know, there was, I don't need, I don't need to name the, the people, but like there was a buzz within the younger trumpet community that, you know, somebody was putting down women players and it was inspiring to see how they started to communicate with each other to kind of go like, you know, and, and support each other and just say, no, this is not right. And I saw that and got a little incensed and <laughs> just at the, I'll say inspired yeah. and just threw out a call. I threw out a call saying, all right, where are my little brass sisters? Send me a message. And in 48 hours, I got 150 responses. That's from awesome. All sorts of females. So if you say there are not female trumpet players, there, there are, yeah. <laughs> there are plenty, there are plenty. Um, and, uh, and then I just, you know, I sent out a survey that said, which of these days can the most people make? you know and what do you want to talk about and so we picked a date and now i'm going through the what do you want to talk about <laughs> and yeah. figuring out certain people you know different people who might have stories that can highlight you know really make it about the people um again sharing experiences telling stories um you know we'll do some playing of course we'll do some yeah. trumpet nerd stuff um yeah. and uh it's only two hours <laughs> point we're gonna have to do some history of you know who were the female players that played so um that it's it, that's coming together i will say you know I, I i realize that i love i do like organizing things um and i tend to launch into ideas without a clear end goal okay <laughs> sometimes but that's to me is like another level of improvising like i said you know i i said i wanted to get a meeting together all right well who's in what do you want to talk about? And then once I have that information, da, 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 we'll we'll piece it together, throw it back for review. You know, it's work with a few people I trust to uh, make sure I'm staying in line on those. Yeah. But ultimately, like just you know, it's like a good band. You get just get good people. Just get everybody in the room together. Just and yeah, music. And then start making music. That's on. Do you have any plans on you know maybe doing this on an ongoing basis? I'll ask the group. You know, like you, I don't, I wish it wasn't, wasn't necessary, you know? So part of me thinks I, I, I will measure its success by the ability to stop, to step away from it, you know? But that might take some time. And to be honest, you know, there are physical differences, you know, when it comes to gender. I know this because in the last year I had a baby. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> and, thank you. It changes your trumpet playing, as you might imagine, yeah. to, to go through that experience uh -huh. and come out of it. And so 
when I was looking for information on that, there's no information. So what can we do? You know, we can pull those resources together again to make things easier. So yeah, it's interesting. I haven't, I'll, and I'll say that I haven't thought this much about gender my entire life, <laughs> but apparently, uh, you know, it seems, it seems that there's still a need and I'd like to help get us to that next spot. Yeah. Right. Well, that, yeah, that, that's great. I mean, um, I, I like the idea, um, and I'm sure there's going to be some really great conversations that go on. And sometimes, yes, you know, we want to have that big homogenous, uh, you know, the melting pot. But there is a benefit of having people that have you know similar experiences or dealing with similar similar issues to be able to get together and to share their their ideas, their thoughts, their impressions. And then you you can start to develop if it's you know if it's a problematic kind of a situation you can start to develop strategies to deal with it. Uh, if nothing else, it just encourages people to know that there's somebody that's like them. And I think that's that's probably the big thing is that you know it's even like you know recently the the stuff that's gone on uh, in terms of the the change in our political climate and you know having the the first uh, female vice president, you know, uh, person of color, vice president, um, there is this big, like, you know, you know, she's like me. And I, you know, there's, there's that power of looking and seeing somebody that you can identify with uh, on some level beyond just the ideological, when you can relate to how they look, how they, you know, the, the color of their skin, their gender, uh, you know, if they, if, if you know, the, the shape of their body, all these things are, are things that we, we gravitate towards to find a level of attachment. And once we have that level of attachment, then hopefully we can start to dive in deeper to see if there's something more to it than, than on the surface. But, but I think that in terms of encouragement, that's so critical to have that support system of somebody that you can say, yeah, this isn't just somebody who's spouting stuff out of a textbook. This is somebody who's you know, kind of lived through what I've, I've gone through so they can appreciate it. Exactly. And I think if and when we do it in the future, if it's more um, specific to those things, like I would, I don't think it should be just for females. You know, I, I would love to have, you know, males or what, again, whatever gender, everybody in to learn about even just what is the conversation? You know, yeah. just because you think something doesn't apply to you doesn't mean you shouldn't learn about it. We all must understand that now, you know, with. Yeah, yeah, and, and that, that's absolutely the truth. I mean, you have to, you have to educate people and and you know we we have to i think the, the idea that you have though of getting getting things going getting it off the ground uh to establish what needs to be said what needs to be shared and then start to to bring other people in to let them uh learn from your wisdom so <laughs> well i'm learning you know you teach because you love I, I teach because i love to learn yeah <laughs> but you end up getting more out of it so i'm definitely improvising i'm definitely learning you know i hope people bring me some grace and patience um it's not just me you know obviously it's not about me it's just let's just kind of let's just get this started so that i don't want to you know i don't want to think about this 10 years from now yeah i don't i don't want them to think about this five years from now anything it's not going to change in that amount of time we all know that um but let's let's just start the process yeah it's baby steps not giant steps it's baby steps so. <laughs> yeah that's gonna rewrite that song yeah well uh, you now now you're in perfect position to do that since uh, you have uh, have a young one of your own exactly so the it, uh, the question is um 
did you, you give your child a pacifier? Or did you give them a mouthpiece? <laughs> oh God. Yeah. We're not there yet. I mean, he, he heard a lot of um, playing and I practiced uh, a lot last year in, in isolation. Um, fortunately, he, he digs the, seems to be okay with the trumpet practice, but he, uh, oh yeah, definitely will. Definitely will. <laughs> yeah. I, who was it? I, there was someone that I had on the show who, I, it might've been Eric Miyashiro who said that he had, uh, his parents gave him a, a trumpet mouthpiece as a, as a kid and he just kind of stuck that in his mouth and that was his pacifier. So, and you can't argue <laughs> with the results there. So <laughs> no kidding. Eric is no slouch. So uh, <laughs> just, just saying, planning to see for, uh, you know, uh, for the next generation. Exactly. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that that's just that's so so awesome, and I know that um, there's going to be a lot coming coming out of this. And I'm actually I'm looking forward. Uh, maybe after this is all over with, you can do a little return visit with me and kind of uh, give a debrief on how things went because I, that's I think it's really fascinating. Fascinating, and again, I think it's something that that more people need to hear about. The discuss, you know, we can't be afraid to discuss it. We have to bring it out. I mean, if if one thing has become crystal clear in the past few years, it's you know when you when you repress uh, ignorance, basically, uh, when things come to light, they it creates a bigger problem than if you just try to address the issues and try to do it with a level head and do it with a level of compassion and, and empathy, uh, but. You know, you've got to have the conversation. You can't ignore it because the longer we ignore it, the worse it gets. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, again, I have to applaud you for what you're doing because I think it's a, that's a monumental undertaking. And uh, well, it may... surely, I'm not the first person who's tried. You yeah. know, I'm yeah. not going to think I'm Mother Teresa here. You know, it's like, yeah. but let's let's keep that going. And yeah, like like you said, it can. I don't want the ignorance to crystallize. In, yeah. in its own own way so yeah. and i yeah i'd love to talk after i don't know what's yeah. going to happen yeah yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to the day when we can start doing a more live thing so maybe you can do a live hang you know so sure. yeah well we've got uh i know your time is uh is really limited today so we're, we've got two segments that i've got to get through uh to make my sponsors happy uh so the the first one is uh we have to do this. This is uh, for all the gearheads out there. So yes. this is our, our geared up segment. And so Bria, I want to ask you, you know, not just about what your, your gear, I mean, cause that's, you know, anybody can, can figure that one out. But uh, I actually want to get some, some insights into you about your concepts of gear and why things are important to you. So uh, what you playing now? Yeah, well, I play a uh, Bach. I play a Bach Stradivarius, <laughs> actually two. <laughs> One was uh, one was about 2012, one to 1980. Um, and my concept of gear is that Bach makes excellent horns <laughs> and that you should absolutely play what works for you. <laughs> you know, I the reason I played this trumpet, I was studying for about a year with Warren Vashay, incredible cornetist, and he had, you know, there's nothing um, more beautiful than a a private teacher relationship where you really get to know each other. He had heard all my squawks and my progress for a long time. And then we went together to Dylan's music shop out in Rahway, New Jersey, that has like a hundred 
a couple hundred horns all over the all over the place and i tried probably 50 horns with my teacher right there and he'd be like okay put that one down yep this one how does it feel great playing basically just like a c scale <laughs> or a couple scales on each one how did it feel what do you think this one or that one okay that one all right move on go to the next one and tried all these different horns and this is the one that for me just sung and resonated and that was the process um, to find it similarly that's the process i took to get the next one i wanted one that was unlacquered had a little bit of a, a deeper sound and a smaller bore my my bach is a 43 um, which is kind of medium large i call it my shotgun <laughs> you know <laughs> i i it takes a lot of lifting you know but i love it because it just gives you such a brilliant huge sound um but the other one um, is a little, you know, gives me better facility, has more focus. So that's a 37 bell Bach. Uh, I play a 3C mouthpiece. Um, my journey with that, man, this, uh, you know, right out of the gate, I, you know, I played whatever, back in school, got a 7C mouthpiece, and then I got lead in the jazz band, and my director said, you should get a lead mouthpiece. So I played a Schilke 14A4A from my second year of trumpet playing. Woohoo. Yeah, to, through to college because I was too afraid to switch. You know, honestly, I, I I didn't have a private teacher until I got to college. And so, I mean, fortunately that mouthpiece worked out in that um, it was it was brilliant. You know, I was able to reach higher notes, et cetera. Um, it worked for me for a long time, but ultimately I wanted a more well-rounded sound. I think I took a, I fussed around with a few different things trying to get it figured out. But eventually I took a lesson with Ingrid Jensen and she just said, yeah, you need a bigger mouthpiece. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to hear that at the right time. Right. <laughs> so got a 3C and here I am working on that one. Uh, huh. Yeah, <clears throat> that's my, my gear. Sorry, quick sip of water here. Yeah, that's all good. It's all good. All right, I, well, yeah. that that sounds great. I mean, I like the, the approach that, uh, that Warren took you through of just, you know, simple, very simple approach to, to finding and just finding the one that, that speaks to you. You know, I, I think too many people are, are either, uh, uh, they, they have the, uh, the shiny object syndrome. Uh, so they want the blinged out horn or, you know, the, they'll play stuff on the, try to play stuff on the horn that it's not consistent from horn to horn. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, that, that's a great idea. And so for people who are looking to try out gear, please uh, take these ideas and, and use them for yourself. So, uh, so we have one last uh, segment to get through today, and this is brought to us by our good friends at Robinson's Remedies. This is a Robinson's Remedy Rapid Fire Round. It's a series of questions all over the place. I just need your quickest response. They're not all about music, so you get a break from your trumpet brain. So, <laughs> all right. And there is a special prize if you can get all of these answers correct in the oh. allotted time. Oh, God. Okay. I'm so no, bad no, at this stuff. No, 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 there isn't. There isn't. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Rapid fire round with Bria Skonberg. Bria, first question: Who's the biggest influence on your life that is not a trumpet player? Uh, my mom. Okay. What's your favorite book? Ender's Game. <laughs> hey. Uh, what's the worst movie you've ever seen? Ender's Game. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's nostalgia. You know, like there's you get these um. Uh, the first movie that comes to mind, what was that one like called The Stupids? 
I remember seeing this one like Tom Arnold. It's 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 old. It's it's yeah. exactly what it says it is. It's so stupid. That's stupid. Okay. All right. Um, if you weren't a trumpet player, what would you want to be? Astronaut. Okay. What is your favorite drink? Uh, bubbly. <laughs> Let's say champagne. Champagne. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, you can have a dinner party. And at, dinner, at that dinner party, you can invite any three living people, any three people in the world you can invite to this party. Who would you want them to be? Oh, my God. Three people. Whew. I, mean, I feel like Michelle Obama. <laughs> okay. But I'll just go with my gut instincts because it's like Harry Connick Jr. because I've always wanted to meet him. <laughs> okay. Is this happening immediately? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, I mean, because I feel like, can I just get my parents? Because I haven't seen them in like a year and a half. Oh, yeah. That, that, yeah. <laughs> I miss my family so much. Oh, sorry. I went to my brother and sister. I didn't bring you, <laughs> I didn't right. bring you to the party. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Great. Uh, so there are three other chairs at this table. And uh, you can invite any three, not living people, any three people from history, any three additional people from history. Well, definitely Louis Armstrong, you know. How about, um, actually, I'll get trouble. How about Valida Snow and Dolly Jones and Louis Armstrong? Okay. All right. We, we have some, some great entertainment. Uh, so uh, here's your next question. Black or plated or raw? It depends on the gig. <laughs> you know, uh, if I play something brilliant, big and shiny, I, like, I, I think I like lacquered. I like lacquered. Okay. Good. Uh, what's your favorite quote? I don't know if there's a quote by somebody else, or but it's a saying I come back to. If if you're uncomfortable, it means you're growing. Okay, I like that one. Um, what's your greatest fear? I guess you know losing people too soon. Okay. Um, you could be granted one superpower. What would it be? Fly. Fly, okay, get you the gigs faster. Yeah. Um, what aspect of trumpet playing do you feel is the most overrated? Probably playing extremely fast, but I can't say that until I can do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. That's ah, no big deal, says somebody who <laughs> needs to work on it. <laughs> um, what do you feel the is the most underrated aspect of playing? Melody. Learning melodies for vocabulary and beyond. Yeah, okay. Um, you were given the ability to go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice about music. What would it be? Transcribe more. <laughs> like, get inside the jargon. Don't just listen. Don't just play back. Like, yeah, get inside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Better late than never. Yeah. Um, uh, same thing. You're back there in time. You're giving yourself one piece of advice, but this time it's about life. All the stuff we've been talking about. Take the chance and honestly try to enjoy it while it happens. As cliche as that is, like, just go for it. Just, just keep going for it. You know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. And your final question, Bria. What do you want your legacy to be? It's funny because I don't think this is something that women think about as much as men to be honest, you know? So what do I want my legacy to be? I don't know, I'm not ready to leave yet. Let's say, 
did a lot of stuff and had a really good time. <laughs> Have a good time, you know? <laughs> You're putting hey. put in the work and, you know, and enjoy the benefits of putting in the work, you know? Yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> that's really great. And I love that. Uh, so and I love Robinson's Remedies. Ah, <laughs> uh, yay, Kenny, Kenny, yay, Kenny. Um, so Bria, thank you so much, uh, for being with me today. And I look forward to hearing more from you about, uh, your, your virtual summit. And if, uh, you know, you feel the need to come back on and, and share some more information, you are always welcome to, to join the hang. Thank you. And that reminded me, I should say it's on May 23rd, 12 to 2 PM Eastern. Uh, you can send me a message on, uh, Instagram or find me online and just send me a note if you want to come and we'll get you registered free okay. all ages. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll definitely put a put a tag on that for sure. All right. So thank you once again, Bria. Best of luck with everything you do. And thank you for hanging with us today on the Trouble Gurus Hang podcast. And as always, peace and slide grease. Weeze out. Thanks for hanging with us today. This podcast is all about creating deeper connections through our mutual love of music and the trumpet life. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and also like and share this episode with a friend. We want to see the hang grow for show. Please support our sponsors and consider becoming a personal supporter of this podcast as well. Remember, for less than the price of a bottle of valve oil a month, you can keep this podcast moving smoothly. The Trumpet Guru's Hang is recorded at the Candy Factory, a co-working space and social club located in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Jose Johnson is the executive producer. Post-production editing is by Mitch Bowers. Our opening theme song was composed and performed by Lexi Signal. And our closing theme music comes courtesy of The Greatest Funeral Ever. Incidental music is by Ethan Swayze and Jose Johnson. Graphic design by Ann Kirby of The Sweet Corps. The Trumpet Guru's Hang podcast is produced in collaboration with the So Good Lancaster Media Group.